Do you ever wish things in life would go a lot faster? For us here at your Manchester, it's the wait until we get some warmer weather in the north. Oh, and the wait between those seasons of dynasty. We wouldn't mind speeding through the washing up either. Do you know what else is better when it goes faster? Your broadband. And luckily for us Mancunians, Tart Tart's Future Fibre is now here in Manchester. And with speeds up to a whopping 900 megabits per second, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it. And it's great Tart Tart value too. While it might not do the washing up for you, when it comes to downloading our podcast or booking tickets to the latest place here in Manchester, then ultra-fast, ultra-reliable broadband using the latest technology is just what you need. Now to buy that more, simply search Tartar Future Fibre, subject to local availability. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester with me, Miss Belinda Scandal. My oh my, is it warm today? It's that warm, everybody, and it's going to be that warm throughout the week that what I thought we would fully do is bring in our lovely weatherman. Hello, hello. It's going to be warm this week. Oh, it's going to be cracking the flags this week, and I've even worn my shorts and everything. You've got your legs out and everything. Got my legs out for the lads. And I thought I'd wear tweed. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just—I never planned these things. I really never planned these things. On the show today, we're going to be talking to somebody from Lord of the Dance. We're also going to be talking about somebody who's literally reinventing the words of Shakespeare. We've got so much going on for you. Uh, it's warm weather. Absolutely warm. I'm fanning myself so right now. That means this weekend, then, when we've got um, Manchester Day, which is on the 19th, it's going to be an absolute scorcher. Yes, yes, it will. It will. It's going to be warm. Definitely. On Friday, 27 up to 30. 30 degrees. degrees? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going out this weekend. Gingers should never go out, everybody. Never, never should they go out. Uh, there's loads of stuff going on in Manchester. We're going to find out a little bit more about it. But in the meantime, this will be a fun interview. First of all, I've never started an interview where I actually can't pronounce somebody's name. So we're going to try this. We are, of course, talking about Lord of the Dance. Let's bring him in. How are you? I am absolutely fantastic. How are you getting on? Can we um, try and pronounce your name, please? How do you pronounce it? Um, it's an Irish name. My name is Cahal Keeney. I'll call you sir for the rest of the interview, if that's that sounds, all right. That sounds good to me. I think all good things. <laughs> I can imagine. Not as many as me. I'm sat here looking like Ronald McDonald meets the um, Riddler, but it's okay. So um, what is your involvement with Lord of the Dance? Yeah, so um, I'm one of the lead dancers. I played the role of the Lord. Um, it's the role that Michael Flatley used to play many years ago. And currently, I me along with another guy called Matt Smith, we um, performed that lead role. So is there much pressure on you then to, to live up to the standards that Mr. Flatley is known for? Yeah, there's, um, there's, a, there's a lot of pressure. It's, um, it's very difficult to get the role. So um, I felt very privileged when I was um, selected to uh, selected for the role back in 2014. So, um, that's kind of showing my age now. I'm still going. But um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. It's the role Flatley used to do. You know, he does expect a lot from us, but um, it is also a dream come true for me as a little boy who didn't want an Irish dance. I used to watch the Lord of the Dance and the VHS tapes, and it was because of Michael Flatley, he kind of made dancing cool. And that's why I stuck at it. And it's an absolute privilege to get to perform his role many years later. It's never gone away, Lord of the Dance. It started off and it's just not stopped. What's its secret? 
Yeah, um, I think um, two main reasons the show has been so successful. I think one, it's it's a quite a short show. It's just under two hours long, and it's just high intensity, loads of energy, like all done through dance. So I think that's one of the main reasons people come and they just have a good time. The other reason is we're so successful is because it's all played out through the art form of dance. There's no um, dialogue in the show, so like dance transcends all language barriers. So it doesn't matter what country we're in, we can go well in China, South America, all over Europe and. Um, I think that just adds to the success that we can easily travel anywhere and people can watch the show and connect with it straight away. There's no language barrier. I mean, there's no language barrier, but I mean, for you, you must be coming off stage each night absolutely exhausted. How do you keep your stamina up for such a hard-working show? Yeah, it is It is tough. Um, we're currently in Sheffield at the moment. Um, I'm on my break between two shows, so especially when we have double show days, um, it is quite tough, but um, we do have a fantastic physio on tour with us. Um, she makes sure to keep us in tip-top shape. And then we also do have multiple people for each role. So like I kind of mentioned before, there's another guy, Matt Smith, who performs the lead role. So worst case scenario is if I did go down, there's another guy to step in. But um, it is tough. Look, we do all the things that most other people will do, you know, try eat healthy food, look after your bodies. But, you know, I'm not going to pretend here we don't um, go love a, a nice drink every now and then, especially on the days off. <laughs> Now, a few people that I've known that have worked in Lord of the Dance and indeed the, the Sister of the Dance and River of the Dance and Spirit of the Dance and all the dances yeah. that goes with it and all that, they all complain about shin splints. What are shin yeah. splints? Oh, geez. I don't even actually know exactly. It's, um, I think it's, I could be wrong, but it's like kind of tiny little, it's like when the muscles are pulling on your shin and it's kind of, it's a, it, on the bone at the front. You usually get it when you, maybe if you're running on like, concrete instead of grass and obviously for us we're pounding the ground every night hitting our feet off it so shin splints 100 you're right it's one of the most common injuries along with probably ankle sprains would be the next most common injuries because we're obviously flicking our feet around the place really fast and jumping and sometimes you can just come down wrong it's it's a beautiful story isn't it perhaps tell everybody again the the, the story and the thread that takes people through this journey with dance the story of the show it's a very simple story to follow it's basically good versus evil um, there's a little spirit and the show's kind of it's um, living out her little fantasy, her dream. And yeah, like it's just really easy to connect to. I play the role of the Lord. So I'm the, the good guy in the show and I'm there to protect the little spirit. Um, there's the Dark Lord, Don Dirk as his name, and he's having a go at the little spirit. And we're fighting over this belt, this title of the Lord of the Dance. And I don't want to give anything away. But um, yeah, that's it's basically it's a good versus evil story. Very easy to follow along and just super high intensity and maybe a couple of dance fights in there, too. I love it. So it's, it's got it all in there, hasn't it? And interpreting it through dance is that word interpreting it is now through dance. Yeah. I mean, that must take uh, a lot of focus, not just from what your feet are doing, but for what your whole body's doing. How, how do you, like, you know, transcend the two yeah. genres really? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, we got to, we got to portray each character, you know, um, you know, if you're a good character or a bad character, we're lucky we have costumes. So, you know, the bad guys, as we call them in the show, they'll obviously be dressed quite scary and you know their posture their hand movements would be very very different to the good characters in the show and um yeah i, I mean it all comes together it's a big big production we've got the lighting the lights guys they'll set the scene for a dark dull scary scene when the bad guys are there and then hopefully when the good guy is there it's a bit more brighter and happier um but yeah it all comes together from choreography costumes lighting music to um, really um get the story across to the audience Exactly. You mentioned the audience there. I mean, they go wild for this, don't they? I mean, how does yeah. that feel for you as as a performer and a dancer with, with the audience going, wow, because they just explode with it, don't they? 
Yeah, it's um, it is a quite an energetic um, audience that comes to see your show. Like I said, it's super high paced, and don't worry, there won't be any tears. So after the after the end of most numbers, the audience are up clapping, and I mean, it really helps us get through the show. Like I was saying today, we're in the middle of a double show day here. The legs might be a bit sore, but when you finish that first number, and hopefully the crowd is cheering along, it really kind of gives us energy. We can feed off the energy from the crowd, and then I I feel like the crowd can feel our energy as well. But we've been lucky this tour. The crowds have been amazing. I think it's COVID has probably helped that. People have been out of the theatre, you know, for two years. So they're only excited to get back in. And then us on stage, we've had two years where we haven't been on tour. So we have a new kind of found energy to be back on stage again. So when you mix those two things together, it just adds for a great atmosphere. I imagine it's like a box of fireworks just being let go again now after, after what we've gone through for the past two years. Now it's coming to Manchester uh, and it's I've got here, it's from the 14th to the 17th. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be coming to us. And it, I, I don't even know why we've bothered doing this interview because I'm guessing it's already sold out, to be honest with you. These shows sell out so fast, don't they? Yeah, they are. I think we're doing two matinees as well in Manchester at the at the end. So, um, yeah, so we're doing a good few shows there. But, um, yeah, um, tickets do sell really quick. Um, and, yeah, if there's any tickets left, please, every, anyone tuning in, please grab them up. We're only too excited to come perform for you guys. It's going to be amazing. Just before you go, we always ask people uh, to sum up very quickly why people should come and watch your show. It's going to be super energetic. You're going to get to see... 35 of the best dancers in the world hitting the stage at the exact same time, getting multiple beats every second, super high paced, and it's just an amazing spectacle. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolute pleasure. Hi, I'm Hayley and welcome to this week's On The Box. Now, um, the first thing I want to say is a massive well done to all the nominees and all the winners of the British Soap Awards. If you missed out on the ceremony, you can catch that up now on the ITV Hub. Also, um, I started to watch a really brilliant series on BBC, BBC iPlayer. All the episodes are on there now. It's called Everything I Know About Love and it's about four friends who are flat sharing in London. And the series is based on a novel and it's funny, it's smart and it's really engaging. Give that a go. I also watched a film on um, Sky Cinema called Summerland and that Summerland rather, that is about a lady, she's a writer, she's a bit of a recluse and she ends up taking in an evacuee um, during the Second World War and that boy changes her life forever in more ways than one. I'm not going to say any more because it'll spoil it for you but give that a watch. Also there is a show called The Savoy that is on ITV on Wednesdays and that's following the whole of the um, ins and outs of the very posh hotel, the Savoy in London. And back on Channel 5 this week, we have the Hotel Inspector. I love this series. I love having a nosy around those B&Bs and hotels. Now that's it from me before my voice goes even more. I shall catch you next time. And remember, stronger together. Bye. So, loads going on on the telly there, but our Carol Ann's just popped in now because where were you last night, please? I was with the legend that is Dinah Ross. And uh, <laughs> how did that go, Flower? That was honestly, it was absolutely fantastic. Do you know she's seventy eight? Seventy eight, and she can she can shake a tush. I tell you, and she had some gorgeous costumes, didn't she? Yeah, so many costume changes. Um, you know how she got through them, but you know she like she likes a big cloak and a cape, doesn't she? Yeah, 
yeah, with all the fur and the marabou feathers and all the rest of it. But she hit those notes. So it was her voice then? Yeah, 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 it was It was her voice. It really was her voice. And she did all the classics? Baby Love, Chain Reaction? Baby Love, Chain Reaction, Upside Down, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Um, Oh, what's that one? Something Child. I can't remember it. I can't remember it now, but when I heard it, it was like, oh, that's like an old, right, really old classic. And she did Ease On Down The Road. (gasps) Which, of course, was done right here. Uh, Hope Mill Theatre a few That's months right. ago by the lovely, talented people of Hope Mill from the Wiz. Yeah, yeah, because they did they did a fantastic job. Yeah, so she did, is on down the road, but she had these huge monitors above yeah. this, above her, showing her from the past and doing all stuff. But I don't think she had the rights to use Michael Jackson's image, which was a shame oh. because, of course, she did that ease on down the road with Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. So it was good, though. Where was she at? She was at the AO, I want to say AMI Arena. It's not the AMI Arena anymore. AO, AO AO Arena. AO Arena, yeah. It was at the AO Arena. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many they held, because we were sat there and we were like, I've got them. Where they run? Because we got there, we parked, like, I think, miles away, because I was with one of of our contacts, uh, Dr. Nigeta Wan, OBE. Yes. And... um, and she's quite, you know, sort of quite prim and proper businesswoman. Yeah. And as uh, soon as the songs came up, she was like, up, oh, everyone up. She was shouting at everybody. Oh, so she was, she was living it as well. She was then. living it. She was So not a lazy rocking. performance by a 78-year-old at no, all. No, no, no. You know, like some of them, you, don't, you go, mm, what's that? Don't bother. Yeah. The only thing I want, viewers, if any of you were there, and I know our Denise Welsh Yes, was she there. was there, yes. She was there last night. There was a young chappy on. Right. Uh, acoustic guitar, singing some great songs. Aye. And everyone, there was this murmuring going, he's good. Who is he? Who is he? And did you not know who it was? No. Okay. Oh. And he said, he said, I only knew last night they had to perform tonight. Can you imagine as a performer? Being rang up as the support for Diana Ross. Yeah. And you go, what are you joking? That is just too much. Yeah. Too much at all. I'll tell you what, I bet she had good mojo though. I bet she did. And one lady that's just got back off her holiday, so I'm hoping that she's filled with renewed mojo, mm. is of course our lovely Joe Britton. It's Joe Britton and your Sculpting Coach for another minute of Mojo back in Manchester, having had a really relaxing holiday, although maybe I pickled my brain with too much pina colada. But I'm feeling really good and ready to go, firing on all cylinders. However, I know that for many people, a holiday is something we really look forward to, but when we get back, we might struggle with the post-holiday blues. So here are a couple of tips for you to help you if you ever feel deflated when you get back from holiday and don't feel as refreshed and fighting fit as maybe you thought you might do. So here's what I do. As soon as I get back from my holidays, I write down a list of all the things that I don't want to happen in my life or I don't want to do. And then I write down a list of all the things that I want instead. Now, that can sometimes be more difficult than it sounds. But once you do it, and you really commit to it and you put a plan together, you'll find yourself more motivated and in a better place to take some action. Give it a go if you ever struggle with the post-holiday blues. I'll be back next time for another minute of Mojo. In the meantime, you can come and connect with me on my Instagram page, joebritton.mojo. Today we've gate crashed the home of somebody who is 
only really a couple of steps from royalty, and that is Sharman Bertels. Now, let me get all the, the letters right, Sharman. So it's Sharman Bertels, MBE, mm -hmm. JP, mm -hmm. DL. Mm -hmm. So we'll unpick what some of those okay. mean. Okay. So um, you're heavily involved in charities across Greater Manchester, of course. Just received the MBE in the uh, New Year's Honours. I did. Have you had years. your ceremony? Yes, indeed. One week ago today, um, we went to Buckingham Palace and um, I was uh, delighted to have Prince William there oh. to, uh, to give me my MBE. Um, and it was lovely. It was a lovely occasion. I think I was the only person from Greater Manchester there that day, although there were a good number of people but from across the country, mm -hmm. but I think I was the only one from Greater Manchester. Mm. Amazing. And did <laughs> Prince William uh, know of, of why you'd received it? I was absolutely delighted when he indicated that he remembered me from when we met in November 2020. I was privileged to greet him and the Duchess. Mm -hmm when they did a whistle-stop tour of, of um, the country. Um, I don't know if somebody had, had sort of um, had a whisper in his ear, but he'd certainly claimed to, to remember mm -hmm. that occasion. You've been in attendance for royal visits in your mm -hmm. role as... Uh, you've been deputy lieutenant. Yes. Which is appointed by the Lord Lieutenant, as yes. I understand it. So with the, with the Queen's approval, yes. yes. And you're currently uh, vice Lord Lieutenant, That's which right. is a, another step up. It means that um, if the Lord Lieutenant, for whatever reason, um, isn't able to attend a function that he would really like to, mm. um, he, he would ask me to do it in his stead. I say his mm. because currently we have a, a male mm. Lord Lieutenant, but come 4th of July, um, our Lord Lieutenant retires and we have a female mm. Lord Lieutenant from the 4th of July onwards. So I kind of deputise for him stroke her mm -hmm. um, whenever requested to. I know you're a big fan of Coronation Street. Yes. And there I was watching the Queen's visit <laughs> uh, for the 60th anniversary and you, the car pulls <laughs> up, the door opens and there you are, the first person. In fact, I saw the Queen's face light up when she saw you. She, <laughs> no, it did, it did. And there you are, you were the one to greet her on the cobbles. Indeed. Um, that, that visit last um, July mm. was, if you like, a, a two, there were two things involved. One was a visit to Coronation Street, one was to go to the cathedral, mm. uh, where a number of people had been gathered to, to, uh, for her to thank formally for the work they'd done mm. during the um, pandemic. So because the Lord Lieutenant was dealing with the, um, the cathedral element, he asked me if I would do the Coronation Street element. And of course, as you said, <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge fan, so I was delighted mm. to do it. Obviously to meet the Queen and, and be with her. Yes. She was on sparkling form that day. Mm. I mean, she, she, she did literally sparkle. Mm. <laughs> literally. You must be, I mean, your diary must be crammed because you are... You're, Honorary Colonel in Chief of the Honorary Colonel of the Army Cadets, yes. yes, Grace Manchester, yes. You serve on lots of charitable committees, and yes. I know you take that very seriously. I do. It's not just a, another hat, you actually actively get involved in lots of charities. Yes. Um, you were also, and this is a bit Robin of Sherwood, you were also High Sheriff uh, as well. That, that I was. <laughs> so I that was. must have been a colourful uh, time. Again, it, it was fantastic. Um, 
it's a one-year appointment being High Sheriff, so my year was 2015-16. Um, um, it was a brilliant time. You, you uh, Lady High Sheriffs wear a, a sort of form of court dress, but it's very much to your own design. So um, I chose my outfit to be green, which is my favourite colour, um, and wore an enormous hat with an enormous mm. feather, which... Um, people to this day remember. It was a bit Hello Dolly, I thought. <laughs> it was. It was. It's a good way of... I'll remember that, okay. yeah. Yeah, I'll use that. The role of High Sheriff, it, it's the second oldest office um, after the, the monarchy. Um, and it, it basically, you are the, the Queen's representative in your county and look after all things to do with the legal profession and the blue light services. So things like um, entertaining the uh, high court judges who are out on circuit. Um, you take a keen interest in the police, uh, Greater Manchester Police and the work they're doing. So watching, uh, observing them at football matches, mm -hmm. the, the way they monitor the crowds and everything. All of that is, is on one side of it. The other side is still very much based in looking after or, or I suppose more importantly, thanking volunteers who do mm. um, charity work mm. within the county. My, my kind of role, because I just love mm. being with people and I love chatting to people, so... Um, and feathery hats. And feathery hats, who yes. Doesn't? Who doesn't? Well, absolutely, and somebody's benefited from one of them. Um, because when I was going on the train to Buckingham Palace last week, um, I very carelessly left my hat oh, no. on the train. We've registered it with lost property, but it's not turned up. Uh, so, viewers of your Manchester, if you find a feathery hat <laughs> on a train, you now know where you need to return it. Indeed. Lovely. Indeed. Well, thank you for giving us an insight into some of the many things you get involved <laughs> in. And I should say, shouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure and thank you for inviting us into your home you're very welcome i've thoroughly enjoyed it thank, thank you. you there's loads of fantastic shakespeareanness going around the world at the moment he seems to be having yet another revisitation everybody does mr shakespeare and one company that are keeping it going is this wonderful group and joining us now is our corinne hello corinne how are you welcome to the show I'm good, thanks. How are you, my love? I'm all right. Now, we've got the same air color and everything. It's quite uncanny, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> uh, Shakespeare, he's, he's having a resurgence, isn't he? Again, why? As much as the language might feel different to what we're used to now, the stories are the same. They're stories of love or betrayal, friendships and arguments, war and, and peace, and they're all in there. So I think that's why he continues to be relevant. And we just kind of, as theatre makers, have to make the way we tell the stories bridge that gap between the language and the stories that we share. And how are you going about doing that? So we're really lucky. We're working with a company called Play on Shakespeare, who are based over in the States, and they commissioned uh, the entire canon, so the complete works of Shakespeare, to be translated in modern verse translation. Wow. So, yeah, it makes them super accessible. Um, the um, iambic pentameter is still there for the traditionalists who want their rhythm and there's, there's no corrections to the story, no gaps filled that were left there originally by Shakespeare, but the language itself is much more modern. Um, so it still has the poetry, it still has the motion and the shape of the Shakespeare, but 
getting to the sense of it is a lot easier. Um, and we're finding that really good for our audiences. And I suppose, you know, giving people this sort of uh, easier way of understanding Shakespeare is almost entry level for people to get excited about Shakespeare who would normally veer away from it, I suppose. Absolutely. That language kind of just opens the gate and we as a company perform in unexpected places so we're in parks and in in car parks in in parkland in big houses on rooftops all that so you kind of um we catch you off guard as a company you're not expecting to see some theater there um but also the language then closes that that gap even further so it's not you don't have to worry about finding 80 quid to go and sit in a theater and understand what that bell means and why that thing does this and you can just kind of wander straight into these stories in an environment you feel comfortable in and what got you excited about Shakespeare's works um I when I was a good 10 maybe 15 years ago now I were I played Lady Macbeth in an amateur production of Macbeth um, to which Ian McKellen came, um, he was wow. chair of the um, the Little Theatre Guild at the time, and he came and watched me play Macbeth and spent a good sort of 20 minutes afterwards talking to me about what he liked about my performance, about the production and how it was such an important part of his life. Um, and yeah, those kind of connections make all the difference. And now we're doing the same for the next generation of, of performers and the next generation of audiences as well. So, of course, your company is is play on Shakespeare. I mean, how important is it for you to get the message out about what Shakespeare does? It's absolutely vital to the way that um, play on Shakespeare works. So there are play on Shakespeare scripts being performed up in Sunderland with, with our company. They've just been down in Derby. They've been doing a project down with some of the theatres in London. So they're kind of bringing themselves across the water from America. Um, and they're, they're starting to publish them now as well. So this is a point where if you're a student and you're studying one for your GCSE and you're just not getting the language, you can buy this modern verse translation now. And it has not just the easier access for the meaning, but it still has the beauty of the language. Um, and that's a really important thing to get out there. So most people will be able to get their hands on this new envisagement of the Shakespeare's yeah. works, Absolutely. which is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, so if you head to playonshakespeare.org, you can access all the different versions of the scripts that they've done there, get a little bit of information about them as a, a, as a company um, and find which ones. So they've just published Hamlet, which is the one that we're performing uh, in the oh, in five weeks' time. That's terrifying. Um, See, <clears throat> so that you can now purchase that script and then you'll be able to watch our live streamed production of it. Um, all, you know, then you watch production for free as well. So that's a, a really good way of accessing that work and how do people get hold of the the streaming of your of your production so if for the streaming of the production if you head to theaterspace.org.uk there'll be information there about the performance times and which ones have been streamed um and you can find us theater space any on all of the socials and you can find uh play on shakespeare on the socials of play on shakespeare and all of the information will be across those channels there mega important to be getting these people excited you know because people might think it's a bit yesteryear perhaps it's a bit dumb but shakespeare his works and his words are still resonant with everybody even in our modern day perhaps dumbed down language absolutely the stories are about people at their heart and people is the one thing we never seem to be able to fully understand and you know if we yeah. can make reference to that from 400 years ago and make it work now and help you understand something about how the world works now, then that's just as important now as it's ever been. And once you get through the words, if perhaps you don't understand the words from an original Shakespeare, 
these are really thrilling and exciting stories. Absolutely. They're full of murder and witchcraft and rebellion and deceit. You know, they they rival your, your full-on soap opera, you know, Hollyoaks kind of for direct ridiculousness in some places. Yeah. Poison this and witches here and fairies there. And like, what, what more did you want? Favourite Shakespeare play? Oh, probably A Midsummer Night's Dream. Mine's Twelfth Night. I just think that's wonderful. Good call. Love it. Yeah. Great like place. a bit of Sebastian. Like a bit of Sebastian. <laughs> Don't we all, then? Modern day hero idol. Very nice. Corrine, <laughs> thanks so much for your time today and the best of British with all of the wonderful Shakespeare work that you're doing. Thank you very thanks much. Thanks so much for having us. So absolutely fantastic that we're getting something wonderful, Shakespearean, but accessible for what I've said already in that interview, entry level into Shakespeare, because people get confused with Shakespeare, don't they? They do, they do. But it has been used in sort of, you know, Disney cartoons. The Lion King is Hamlet, yeah. for example. You know, so they, they do weave it in and out. They do indeed. And I like a good weave. Now, listen, everybody, <laughs> there's so much going on around town. There really is. But, of course, we did mention at the top of the show that it is Manchester Day on Sunday, I do believe. And uh, a day of celebration. We've got the parade, which is always fantastic yeah. to watch. But um, also this year is going to be very unusual for Manchester because it's going to be red hot. It's going to be a scotchio. A scotchio. Now, we want people to be safe. We want people to look after their bodies and everything, even though they're going to be out in the sun, enjoying themselves. How do people go about doing that, Caroline? Well, lots of fluids. And I don't mean alcohol, because mm-hmm. that just evaporates in the heat. <laughs> Lock, keep themselves really well hydrated. Um, sunscreen, doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, you do need sunscreen, because at the end of the day, everyone has skin. Sunscreen's for skin to protect you from the UVA rates. And um, also as well, wear loose clothing. <laughs> now, I always take my uh, <laughs> I always take my steer from people who wear caftans. Yes, that, there's nothing there's nothing more fantastic when you're on holiday than putting on a really big floaty top. Men as well. It's well, it's true. We've been saying around our little streets where I work on Al Canal Street, everybody should invest because it's going to be warm. And I've got I've got plenty of them. I make them. Mm. It's very easy to do. If you haven't got a caftan, by the way, let me tell you now the easiest way to make a caftan. I, I don't, she's going to tell me off and say this. Buy a nice duvet cover, right? Mm. Cut the arm there, cut the arm there. And at the top, use half of a saucer and just cut around that saucer. It goes on perfectly. And then you can wear it with a nice necklace and it looks gorgeous. But yes, um, loose, loose clothing, a nice, <laughs> a nice caftan <laughs> or a nice poncho. A poncho, poncho. <laughs> Look at us, fashion police. I know. Look at <laughs> She's in the dungarees. I'm in God knows what. And know. yet we're giving you all fashion advice. I'm channeling me play uh, school. It's very good, darling. Yes. <laughs> um, Paul's here as well today, obviously, because we brought you in because it's going to be such hot weather. So yeah. I think what we'll do simply is we will say, and now it's time for the weather. Yes, it's going to be cracking the flags this weekend. Up to 27 degrees, maybe 30. Friday is also looking sunny and cloudy with the temperatures of 27 degrees Celsius, the highs of 30 degrees Celsius. So get your sun cream on for that. And as we head into the weekend's weather right now, it's looking like rain. So like Carol said, get your ponchos out at the ready. And also Sunday is looking cloudy with the temperatures of 15 degrees Celsius. Also on Friday, there's going to be a wind issue with the wind up to 30 
miles per hour. That's this week's weather. Yeah, we're having a wind issue, everybody. We're having a wind <laughs> issue. <laughs> we are, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, that's it for today's episode. Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by Tortot's Future Fibre, which is up to 23 times faster than standard broadband, proving that some things are better faster. Future Fibre is now available here in Manchester. So to find out more, simply search Tortot Future Fibre, subject to local availability. Manchester! Manchester.